0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, 52-second pickup. BYU basketball beats the odds and LMU in the Cougars' first road game.
1: A win on the West Coast, and ESPN's Trevor Mattis will join us from the East Coast. His early pick to win the college football playoff and Lavelle's national respect.
0: Plus, BYU men's volleyball coach Sean Olmsted commemorates another BYU legendary coach, Carl McGown. Let's go.
2: This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now,
1: from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Back and
0: better than ever, together in 2017. BYU Sports Nation Live and Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Monday, January 2nd, Jerem Jordan is back, ladies and gentlemen. It's great to be back.
1: Happy New Year. It's 2017, man. Yeah, it is. Uh, That's
0: pretty crazy. It is a happy new year, isn't it?
1: Yeah. I went to bed at 10 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> I've been sick. Uh, so I'm sorry, t- I'm sorry for that. It's great to be back. And <laughs> I'm gone a few days and tragedy strikes. That was unbelievable. Unprecedented. Great job by everyone here. I really enjoyed the coverage. Uh, I haven't watched the show and cried before. So that was a first. Wow. So, yeah, yeah all, all of us did. Yeah. I think all, all of us did for sure. And, uh, yeah, and we'll get to this in a minute, but another BOE great dies as well. Carl McGowan. Man. My guy, Carl McGowan. I know. Yeah. I know. Rough so stuff. It was, a, it was a tough end to, uh, to uh, 2016. But here we are in 2017. There's, there's a lot going on in BOE sports that I'm excited about.
0: And you should be, especially what happened over the weekend with BYU men's basketball.
1: Oh, yeah. We'll get to that, yeah. man. We'll Not to back. mention,
0: let's commemorate with our 1985 sports historian, Jerem Jordan, what happened on this date in 1985, Jerem. Well, let
1: me consult the book.
0: Okay. You are it. <laughs> Jerem's on his way in uh, Studio B to grab... A relic on the set. The Brigham Young University National Championship Commemoration Book. It says 1984 on it, but it was technically 1985
1: yeah. when... BYU was named the national champion on this day 32 years ago. There you go. BYU was the national champion, Spencer. <laughs> I love this book. Someone donated this to the set. Oh, Pretty fantastic cool. B- stuff. Yeah. yeah.
0: By the way, historian, who led the <laughs> NFL in rushing in 1985? Uh, I'm guessing Walter Payton. Okay, so I'll give you four options. you used to get Walter Payton, Marcus Allen, Walter Payton, Tony Dorsett, Eric Dickerson. You'd think Walter Payton. I'll go Marcus Allen. It was Marcus Allen. Sweet. <laughs> your second try, you got it right.
1: Nice. Just with, like the
0: second time on your ACT, you, impo- you
1: improved the score. I did by one. <laughs> How'd you know that? Because <laughs> you've told me before. Oh, okay. I remember those. That types score of Im- wasn't good, though. Of
0: important things.
1: That score was not. good. It Doesn't good. matter what yeah. the
0: score is. It just matters that you got a little bit better, right? It
1: matters that you win. You got into BYU, Joe. Yeah, and I won in that way. Yeah, I felt like it.
0: Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Plans for a public memorial for Lavelle Edwards have been announced. A service is scheduled for Friday at the Utah Valley Convention Center at 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain Time. A private funeral will be held the following day.
1: Now, I was gone, uh, so I wanted to weigh in on On Lavelle Edwards. I agree with and love all of the comments that have already been said about Lavelle. He is BYU football. He did the impossible at a school with an honor code prohibiting popular collegiate lifestyle. BYU won a national championship and had a Heisman Trophy winner. That is unbelievable. They're the last non-Power 5 program to do that and probably last ever, Spencer. Mm. He has the perfect name, by the way. Lavelle. First name recognition. Everyone feels like they know him. I don't actually. I, I met Lavelle Edwards several times. He always gave me the time of day. I was—you always knew when Lavelle Edwards was in the room or at an event. You, you always knew. There was that feel. He was a star. He really was. Yet he felt like your grandpa. So that person—that personable nature was unbelievable. He's a first-ballot Hall of Fame person. All—all all of the of all the amazing athletes, coaches, administrators who have walked on this campus, no one was more respected than the coach Lavelle Edwards.
0: Mm. And well-earned for sure. Uh, if you missed any of our coverage of Lavelle Edwards and the memoriam, the celebration of his life, you can download the podcast. You can also see all those interviews with Steve Young and Trevor Maddich of ESPN and Tom Holmo. Kalani Satake. Kalani Satake. All Tom's of those are available on YouTube. story was my favorite,
1: by the oh. way. Where, where Lavelle Edwards took about half an hour to talk to his dad when Tom was a redshirt freshman. I, I – It got misty. How do you
0: not? How do you not in that moment? Anyway, all of that stuff is available. We invite you and encourage you to go back and uh, relive all of that. BYU basketball overcomes an 18-point deficit to win at LMU. How about that? In the Cougars' West Coast Conference Road Opener, 81-76 the final. Nick Emery and TJ Haas hit late three-pointers in the game. Both scored 20 points each. Why the 20 number matters to Jerem Jordan in just a little bit. Yes.
1: Cougars in the NFL update in the final week of the regular season. Go Seahawks. Daniel Sorensen had six tackles for the Chiefs. He is becoming a player in Kansas City. Dennis Pitta, be BYU Sports Nation host, had 11 catches for 91 yards for the Ravens. But had he had over 100, maybe we'd consider him for the show. The Lions, Ziggy Ansah, had three tackles. Uh, and Kyle Vannoy had two tackles for the Patriots. By the way, John
0: Beck, uh, during our last interview with him in San Diego, sent Dennis Pitta a text message and said, "Hey, I'm, I'm essentially I'm angling for your position yep. as a potential co-host." And Dennis is like, "No way, man! <laughs> I'm I'm in there. We're not passing <laughs> I me don't up. S-
1: I don't see Dennis Pitta. Where is Dennis <laughs> Pitta? <laughs>
0: Oh, good stuff. We, lo- we love BYU Sports Nation for so many reasons. BYU fans may not completely, excuse me, former BYU volleyball coach Carl McGown passed away on Friday at the age of 79. And again, this goes back to what we were talking about, Jerem. It just It's a strange week. This and was Friday. There's so a reason that a, a lot of people were happy to see 2016 go. BYU fans in particular over the last week.
1: Yeah, good riddance.
0: The BYU and AVCA Hall of Famer not only left his mark on BYU volleyball, leading them to two national championships, but also the game of volleyball itself with the United States national team receiving several national recognitions for his contributions to the game overall. We'll chat with men's volleyball head coach Sean Olmsted on what Carl McGowan means to not just BYU volleyball, but volleyball in general.
1: Yeah, the scope of what Carl McGowan meant to not only BYU volleyball, but volleyball in general, I don't think is understood by many around these parts. So I want to explain a little bit. We'll get into that, like you mentioned with Sean, but... Uh, Dr. Carl Michael McGowan, he's the one that started and helped with uh, the initial coaching of the club team BYU had. BYU joined the NCAA D, uh, as a D1 program in 1990, and BYU was bad in the beginning. They were really bad. And then in year 10, BYU goes 30-1 and one and wins the national title. Two years later, they win another national title under Carl McGowan. He, he continued to volunteer. 2002, he was done with BYU, but... Well, you volunteer with both the men and the women's teams. Of course, his son Chris was the head coach here. Carl was a long-time uh, volunteer here, but his influence went way beyond BYU. He was known as a master teacher. He uh, coached at multiple Olympics. He was the U.S. head coach in the seventies. Coaching clinics through Gold Medal Square—that is a big-time coaching clinic uh, that goes on throughout the country, throughout the world. Uh, books, journals. Big time for Carl McGowan, Hall of Famer at BYU, the AVCA as well. In 2010, University of Washington head coach Jim McLaughlin summed up uh, Carl McGowan in the following. In my estimation, because of his practice methods, systems, and match preparation, he is the best volleyball coach in the United States and probably in the world today. Whoa. Carl McGowan, age 79, passed away Friday. Wow. On that note, rise and shout for Carl. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. LM Few Which by a point at the 1851
0: mark of the opening
3: half.
0: Haas takes the quick shot and makes it. TJ Haas with three, two back clutch shots to give BYU basketball the lead on Saturday. BYU led for a total of 50. Two seconds and beat LMU by five points. Wow. Unreal! Wow! The New Year's Eve game at Gersten Pavilion had all the makings and the trappings of that all too familiar quote: "West Coast Conference game." BYU should have never lost.
1: Yes, it did. But this
0: time, the Cougars did not lose. You've had all weekend to think about it, so answer today's Twitter question.
1: What's your biggest takeaway from the comeback win by BYU Hoops at LMU? Or LMFU. <laughs> LMFU. Anchor Boy is strong today. <laughs> First tweet is the hashtag BYUSN. At you Kip, love it. I do love it. At Kipkint. With only five bench points, BYU starters never quit with four of five in double figures. That kind of balance wins. When BYU You do need has bench a... points, though. That needs to start going. Yes. When BYU Elijah has... Bryant. Paging Elijah Bryant.
0: It, when's he... When is he going to join the mix?
1: In a couple of weeks, I think. So. Yeah.
0: Middle of January was the idea. Get him healthy, and then what kind of a difference will Eli Bryant make for BYU basketball? Anyway, th- there's some real concern. So, yes, there-, there is some bad from this game. Everybody's happy because BYU won. I'm happy. But how does BYU get down by 18 points in the first half?
1: That's a great question. BYU should not be down eight. Okay, listen. T- team... BUA shouldn't lead the whole game, but you're gonna trail. You're gonna have some adversity. You're going to have a hard time at time. Whatever. You can't go down 18. You can't go down 18 in that game. But BYU came back and won, so that's nice. That's the thing. But, but you can't. Yeah, I'm not, BYU's not gonna can't play that kind of game against better competition. Expect to be able to come back. As bad as the 18
0: point deficit was, the Cougars then outscored LMU from that point by 23 points to the end of the game and won by five, which brings us to our stat of the day.
3: It's the BYU Sports
1: Nation stat of the day. BYU's 18-point comeback is its largest since beating Iona in 2012 in the NCAA tournament, and BYU was down 25 in that game. That's an NCAA uh, tournament record for a comeback. So how about that? This young group went down 18. By the way, we, we forgot the biggest point of this whole thing, Spencer. That was the first road game of the year for Buy. Yes. Buy had not played in some other team's gym all season.
0: Neutral sites are not true road games, right? Correct. They play... like, playing
1: Illinois semi- in Chicago is not in their gym, right? It's different. I know, I know the travel USC down the road at Staples is essentially USC's gym, but it wasn't. So that was big for this young group to go uh, trail, come back and win. And guess who did it? Freshmen and sophomores. That's who this team is primarily composed of. And to win. In fact, Dave Rose called it an awesome game for us. It was
0: huge for BYU's confidence for this young group to pull off something like that. Because now they have that in their mental arsenal. If they're not playing well, they're like, well, we've done it before, so... We can just do it again.
1: I just don't want anyone to use it as a crutch, though saying, "Oh, it's OK. Well you don't want it it's to OK. Eight. Eight. You don't
0: want it to be 18 points, right?
1: Yes, I want it to be eight points."
0: Because <laughs> they will trail.
1: Yes, they will and, trail. And that was a big game because BYU has its biggest game yet of the season coming up Thursday, at St. Mary's. I mean, this is going to be a litmus test for where BYU's at against the competition. BYU plays the other three St. Zaga games in February. It's St. Mary's, and then it's the other seven uh, until February. So that was a big win going into that game. Had BYU lost that game, the tenor around BYU basketball would be very different. Instead, they came back and won. So that was big for this young group of guys.
0: Bad. BYU trailed by 18. Good. BYU trailed by 18 and came back to win by five. It was their first true road game. Over the holiday. Weird time. School's out. But huge no, that's for a confidence. great time when
1: school's out. Okay, TJ Haas <laughs> and
0: Nick Emery. They'd struggled a little bit with their three-point shooting, right?
1: Nine for 20 combined, Emery and Haas. Big shots down the stretch. Emery, Haas, Haas. 3J Haas with a couple threes there. Yoli Childs with the block. You you talk about the last three big plays of the game.
0: Three-point makes. Freshman. Three-point
1: makes. Freshman. Block shot. This is unprecedented. This isn't 96 when you have a bunch of freshmen out there and BYU goes 1-25.
0: Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. What's your biggest takeaway from the comeback win by BYU Hoops? At Papa Dale says, I love the character. Papa Dale actually says, I love the character shown by the never give up attitude. Keep it up. Love it. Still to come, BYU volleyball coach Sean Olmstead discusses the legacy of two-time national champion coach Carl McGowan. But first, ESPN's Trevor Maddich on who will win the college football national championship. This is BYU Sports Nation. Is BYU in it? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV. The conversation on January 2nd, 2017, happening right now on Twitter. Follow out BYU Sports Nation, New Year, same drill. Use the hashtag
1: BYUSN. Thursday night, Women's Hoops takes on St. Mary's on BYU TV and BYU Radio at 9 Eastern time. That's always a big game in the conference race. Cougars and Gales, Thursday night.
0: The men as well in Moraga. And our Twitter question today focusing on BYU men's basketball. What is your biggest takeaway from the comeback win by BYU hoops at LMU? Trailed by as many as 18, led for 52 seconds and won that game. Send in your responses. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is ESPN College football expert and insider Trevor Maddich. Trevor, first and foremost, Happy New Year, my friend.
2: Happy New Year to you guys, too. How was
0: your
1: experience at Times Square?
0: Um, It was fantastic as I sat on my couch in 72-degree comfortable heat and uh, watched the ball drop.
2: I went to bed at 10. (laughs) Oh, I, I thought that was you guys being body surfed over the top of the crowd. Across Times Square. I, I'm sorry, a mistaken identity.
1: That was in the uh, rock, the uh, student <laughs> section at the basketball game. <laughs> we can
0: aspire. We have a dream to one day pull off something like that. At least <laughs> nice. the ball dropping was uh, a little more exciting than, in my opinion, the college football playoff games, a couple of blowouts per se. Did the outcomes of the national semifinals surprise you in any way, Trevor?
2: Not the right. outcomes, no. The What surprised me was the way that the Clemson-Ohio State game actually turned out. I thought that Ohio State would really struggle to move the ball against Clemson's defense, but I didn't expect them to be completely shut out that way. It was, it was an amazingly dominant performance. And so that, that, that's what surprised me. But I expected it to be Clemson and Alabama in the final.
1: Who has more momentum going into the national title game after those games?
2: Well, I think Clemson thinks they have more me- momentum. Because their game was truly dominant, whereas Ohio State, their offense only scored two touchdowns. It was a defensive pick six and a defensive forced fumble that led to a field goal that, that provided the rest of the margin of victory for them. So Alabama p- played well, but at the same time, it wasn't a dominating victory like, like it might seem from the scoreboard. The Clemson one, though, dominating on the scoreboard, but it was against an Ohio State offense that when they struggled to throw the ball deep, they struggled across the 50. I mean, Indiana they could barely move the ball against Indiana because they couldn't throw the ball deep. And when it was established that JT Barrett and those receivers couldn't connect down the field, it was it was pretty clear that, that it was going to be a cakewalk for the Clemson defense. And so I don't think Clemson should should think that they're as dominant as that score seems to indicate.
0: ESPN's Trevor Maddich with us on BYU Sports Nation. Clemson, Alabama, part two, a rematch of last year's national championship. Clemson scored 40 points last year. And lost to Alabama this year, what do you see happening between the Tigers and the Tide?
2: I see the score being lower, but I see a lot of similarities in this game. Both defenses will be very disruptive. That's why I see the score being lower. Both offenses will play to not put their own defense on a short field and so I think you'll see offenses play close to the vest until they're forced to open it up if they fall behind for some reason. But I think ultimately it'll come down to which team, uh, which team has the better performance at quarterback, and, and Jalen Hurts, his job this year has not been to go out and make a lot of big plays. His job has been to protect the ball make a few plays here and there, and let the defense and special teams win it. And that's what he did against Washington. A lot of people are saying that he was horrible against Washington. It depends on what you think he was trying to do. And I thought he did what he was being asked to do very well against Washington. Well, I guess Clemson, I think he'll need to do more. Because all of a sudden you've got Deshaun Watson, who has been there, done that, He'll be in the NFL next year while Jalen Hurts is still learning to shave as a true sophomore next year, (laughs) true freshman this year. And I think that that when it comes down to it, Watson is less likely to make the big mistake, and he's more likely to to make the big play. And so I think there's a big advantage for Clemson at that quarterback position.
1: Trevor, we are one week away from the national championship game. Who wins next Monday night?
2: You know, I – I probably, when the time comes, I need to watch both teams on tape. Let me put it this way. I want to go back and look at the tape uh, on both teams before I make a definitive pick. But I will say now that I, I as I sit right now, I will, I'm will, i leaning towards Clemson. Wow. Ooh, okay. Yes, I am. Why is that? And again, it's because of the quarterback position. Think of it this way. I play guitar. John Jorgensen is a guitar player. <laughs> Jalen Hurts plays quarterback. Deshaun Watson is... A quarterback and I think that will end up being the difference because both teams will have a very disruptive defense and as a matter of fact I love the way their defenses play but they play with a sort of a different feeling to them Clemson's defense they're joyful the way they fly around Alabama's defense is hateful and that's actually Nick Saban's term he says they play with a hateful streak and he's right I think Alabama's defense plays because they really seriously don't like you and I think they actually are angry with the officials when they blow the whistle to stop a play because they're like a, a group of, of lions ripping apart a gazelle that then have to stop when the whistle blows. Whereas Clemson, they, they're flying around. They're all happy to hit you. that You still get smashed. It still hurts. But I think both of those defenses will, will control the game, and it'll come down to which quarterback can make that one play, which quarterback can avoid that one mistake.
1: There ain't no whistle in the safari.
2: No, no, and many a gazelle has lamented that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Talking with ESPN college football expert Trevor Maddich, BYU national champion. One week away from crowning a new national champion in 2017, but there are a slew of BYU, or excuse me bowl games today, Trevor. Which matchup do you like today uh, the
2: most? I like the Rose Bowl, Penn State, and USC, because USC is one of the hottest teams in the country coming into the, the second half of the season, a lot of people thought that they were good enough to be in the playoff had they not blown it with three losses early. Well, they have a chance to prove it now against the Big Ten champ. Penn State had a great case in being in the playoff themselves at, as the Big Ten champ, and yet they were, they were frozen out for Ohio State. And they have a chance to prove that, that they belong. They have a chance to show that by beating USC that they really are for real and not just a team that, that was able to, to skin by a couple of wins. Uh, and, and get into a position to where they really didn't deserve to be. So to me, there's a, so much at stake for both of these teams, even though it's not a playoff game.
1: Yeah, I love I love this day in college football. It's fantastic. Uh, it's been a few days, uh, and, and there's been plenty of coverage, and I really appreciated what everyone did here at BYU TV. I, I was gone, but uh, and your comments as well, and on not only this program, but SportsCenter as well. Uh, what kind of reaction have you seen from your colleagues at ESPN uh, since the, the news of the passing of Lavelle Edwards,
2: Trevor? You know, it's been, it's been amazing, the, the expressions of support, because Lavelle Edwards is well-known here. People understand Lavelle Edwards here. And and so many people have stopped me in the halls and, and sincerely looking me in the eye expressed condolences to not just me but to, to all the BYU nation, and they say it that way because they understand what a loss this is. And the thing that I come back and tell them is that it is a loss. But my goodness, what a life well lived. When you look at Lavelle Edwards and what he's done in his life, his personal life, his professional life, He succeeded at impacting so many people at such a high level, even people that never met him, but especially the ones that knew him best. And because of that, I think, you know, as sad as this is for us, what a celebration of of how to do it, of how to be. And I tell people here when they come up to me and and ask me about Lavelle, I tell them that there are two quotes that are well-known around BYU. One is, no success compensates for failure in the home. The other is, the greatest gift a father can give to his children is to love their mother. Lavelle Edwards succeeded at the highest level at both of those, and that is the bedrock upon which all the football wins were built. And when I say that to people here, they just sort of nod, and it's like, you know what, that's a great point. And, and so it, it, Lavelle, his legacy continues to grow. And it always will, because of the people that he has inspired to be better, because they sought for him to look at them and say that he respects them. And so, uh, the, the the sadness is deep. The sadness at at, at some point, you know, will fade like everything else does. But the celebration, I think, will never end.
0: Trevor, fantastic stuff. We appreciate the time, as always. Uh, Enjoy the day full of college football, and uh, we'll talk to you again when uh, college football has a new national champion.
2: Great. Thanks, guys.
0: Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Love everything he has to say
1: about Lavelle Edwards. And and the respect nationally for Lavelle has been amazing to watch. Just everyone talking about his influence on – the game uh, on them, I've, I've loved it. Yeah, ESPN
0: College it. Game Day did a, a nice tribute to him. Reese Davis Corso, setting up yeah. uh, Lee Corso, and then we saw the tweets roll in from nationally prominent people. You know, all not just college football writers, but Urban Meyer for crying out
1: loud. You know, yeah. like when a lot of people die, you talk about the best of them, but he really was the best of us, right? So it's it's great to see Lavelle honored in this way.
0: Up next. We will talk about another BYU legendary coach and what he did for the game of volleyball. And to do so, BYU men's volleyball coach Sean Olmstead will join us and commemorate and celebrate Carl McGowan. What did he mean not just to BYU volleyball, but to the sport in general? Cannot wait for this. Sean Olmstead up next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Questions of BYU Sports Nation brought to you by Brady Industries. Clean solutions, a tradition for generations. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio,
1: simulcast on BYU TV. Hey, hoops coming up this week, Thursday night, 11 p.m. Eastern time. BYU at St. Mary's in Moraga. It's on ESPNU. You can listen to it right here on BYU Radio.
0: Refreshing today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Plans for a public memorial for Lavelle Edwards have been announced. Service scheduled for Friday at the Utah Valley Convention Center. Six Mountain Time. A private funeral will be held the following day.
1: BYU overcame uh, men's hoops, that is. An 18-point deficit to win at LMU Saturday. What a win in the WCC Road Opener for the Cougars. 81-76. It's the largest comeback since Iona in 2012 for the BYU men's basketball team. That doesn't happen often. T.J. Haas hit threes late in the game. Both scored 20 points.
0: Cougars in the NFL, and your update there in the final week of the regular season, Daniel Sorensen had six tackles for the Chiefs. He is putting himself into a very, very big role with that team, and Kansas City headed for the playoffs.
1: they the uh, division there. They're headed How for the playoffs,
0: that? yeah. Dennis Pitta had 11 catches for 91 yards for the Ravens. He's coming on strong late in the season. They're not that strong. The Lions' Ziggy Ansah had three tackles <laughs> for the Lions, and Kyle Van Noy with a couple of tackles for the New England Patriots. Yeah, he
1: had 91 more yards than I did. <laughs> and former BYU volleyball coach Carl McGowan passed away on Friday at the age of 79. The BYU and AVCA Hall of Famer not only left his mark on BYU volleyball leading them to two national championships, but also the game of volleyball itself with the USA national team and across the world with gold medal squared, uh, receiving many national recognitions, Hall of Famer at BYU, and with the ABCA.
0: On that note, we bring in our next guest, and I can't think of a better person to be joining us right now to discuss the legacy of Carl McGowan. It is current BYU head volleyball coach, Sean Olmstead. Sean, welcome back to Studio B, man.
3: Thank you, guys. I appreciate uh, having
0: me here. I know it's uh, not under the greatest of pretenses having to discuss, uh, you know, your mentor and a coach that that really put BYU on the map. Good grief. Uh, two national champions, championships, uh, I should say. What was your reaction initially to uh, the news of the coach passing away last week?
3: Yeah, I mean, well, initial reaction, I, I mean, to be honest, I just broke down, you know, and uh, I'd been fortunate to spend some Uh, time with him over the 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 few days that uh, he was there at the hospital with uh, he and his you know wonderful family and so um, but but initially it was hard for all of us you know communicating with all the former teammates uh, that right now are all over the world you know and uh, just you know it, it was really hard and just so crazy that it was Lavelle And I know, you know, I read all all of those uh, football players going through all the emotions and recalling all the experiences. And then literally the next day um, here, you've got another group of wonderful athletes that have come through BYU, Olympians and all Americans and national champ that are immediately going through, you know, the exact same thing. And so it's. It was just a flood of emotions, and, you know, and then it was nice to, uh, a handful of the guys came in, have already come in, and so, you know, sit around and and chat Carl, it was, uh, those were some good times, you know, amidst uh, the craziness and and all the emotions of the other things.
1: Sean, I don't know that even the BYU fans understand the impact of Carl McGowan, not just on BYU, but the game of volleyball, so let's let's explore first BYU. Um, What does he mean to BYU Volleyball?
3: Well, I mean, he means everything to BYU volleyball. You know, to BYU volleyball, BYU volleyball is Carl McGowan. What he did, you know, this program from the start, going through the seasons of what two and twenty six was one of them, I think. You know, and he'd always tell us, "You, I hope you all have a two and twenty six season," you know, (laughs) in in your coaching career. (laughs) And uh, you know. Please, no. But, uh, you know, um, just what he went through. And think of it. Look, just look outside right now. He's competing against the schools in Southern California up and down the coast to, to bring those kids here to build a program, to develop those kids. And so to BYU Volleyball, he is everything. But then in the world, in the sport of volleyball, I don't think people understand the influence and the impact that Carl has had and the outpouring of just the support and the people that have contacted us from around that people are coming in from around the world. You know, we've got people coming in from Europe tomorrow that are going to be here for the week to, to honor Carl. Wow. Is, is, people don't understand, you know, his, his fingerprints honestly are on every, uh, any program that is playing volleyball right now at this moment in some way, shape, or form. Sean Olmstead with us,
0: the head coach at BYU talking about the legacy and life of Carl McGowan, the great volleyball coach who meant so much, not just to BYU, but to the sport overall. Uh, everyone wants to talk about the accomplishments on the court, and notably because they are incredible. But what did he do for you in your life off the volleyball court?
3: Yeah, you know, the stuff on the court, I've I've said in a few things, um, you know, i Because of my position as the head coach now, I've been asked for quotes of this and that. I I actually would rather shy away from that. But you don't want to bother Chris, who did a phenomenal job as the head coach here. Let's remember that and what he did, you know, following in his own father's footsteps. But the most impactful lessons for me, honestly, were outside the court, were at the moments when Carl brought me over to his house and sat me there in, in, in his kitchen that goes into the living room. And we sat and chatted about important things that were going on in my life at that time. And, you know, because of Carl and his direction in those moments, those things were a lot more impactful to me than, you know, I remember the volleyball and the teammates and this and that. But those moments, uh, and every one of his players can probably say the same thing, those moments, you know, mean uh, those have been more impactful to me than, than anything that happened on the court or, in, you know, in the gym or on the road or any of that.
1: He was a master teacher, published at least six books, a bunch of journals, uh, got his doctoral degree at uh, Oregon. Motor skills and just teaching were his forte. Give us an example of the kind of master teacher he was.
3: You know, Carl was, it, it was, uh, it wasn't that he would sit, you, he never sat you down and just talked and talked and talked and talked. And you, you leave a meeting thinking, okay, what do I got to get from here or there? It was very small and simple. And that's what Carl would always say, you know, and it was just really small and simple. It was every day, though. And pretty soon those things, you know, all of a sudden you realize you've learned a ton over these simple, small things. And the way that he revolution I mean, he changed completely how people were training, uh, practicing, analyzing practice, I, I mean, completely and he approached it from such a unique perspective that that's, I truly believe that's where he got the advantage on so many other teams that were, you know, better athletes. You know, I remember one quote where Carl they said, hey, Carl, you got like two guys out of the top 50, you know, national recruiting rankings. And he said, yeah, but UCLA got the other 40, you know. <laughs> and, and he, and, and, and he, he, he put, brought those guys here. He trained a different way. He looked at the game a different way. And, you know, that's, uh, that's for sure a mark of, uh, you know, what he did and how he was so successful.
1: He was extremely, uh, set on what he felt he knew too, which I loved and, and minor actions and, and seeing him at practice mm-hmm. were if you don't do it the way that I'm telling you to do it, you'd be crazy to do otherwise. And he and and he, but that came from research and mm-hmm. testing and he had these crazy ideas like you get better by playing mm-hmm. and
3: things right. like that right yeah and, i mean that that's exactly that carl approached it kind of as a scientist and it, like i said in my quote you know the first quote i gave it's you know carl pushed us the only way that carl could i mean cuz i i love I, I love the old guy you know but i, I just uh Darn you that you left us because that's exactly what Carl would say, but he'd say it in another way, you know. And <laughs> and uh, and if you there was no, now eh, okay, we can move things or maybe we can try this or this. No, it's this way or it's no other way. So you're good with it or you're not, you know. And I remember the probably the first meeting I had with Carl, it to the extreme. It was Sean you suck at volleyball. <laughs> you're no good. And you're not going to travel with us. You'll probably never play. But if you go work on the dark side and you do this, this and this, you might have a chance down the road. You know, and a lot of guys buckled under that, and I could have, and luckily I didn't because, you know, my life is a thousand times better because I just kind of fought through that and uh you know, maybe I wanted to prove them wrong or something, but uh those were, you know, I just remember some of those th- those meetings where it was, this is how it is, mm-hmm. and there's no other way. Like, no, you're not okay. You're no good. And you'll probably never do this, this, or this. So that's your decision. You do with it what, what you'd like.
0: Now, a lot of people, like you said, might buckle under that type of, of pressure or a challenge from a coach. But for you to come back and win a national championship and play a prominent role on that team, um, how do you view your relationship and, and in a way what you owe to Carl McGowan for challenging you that way?
3: Oh, I mean, everything, you know, everything. But a lot of people did buckle because, you know, maybe I was fortunate uh, to, that, my, that my dad knew Carl, you know, I've known Carl as long as I can remember. So um, their relationship started back at Church College of Hawaii when Carl was going to school and doing some activities out there. And so I, I, that probably helped me with my parents. You know, hey, this is how he is. You know, just, you know, beware or, you know, buckle down, you know, get after it. And probably my upbringing a little, so I can credit my parents for that. But a lot of people buckled. And, uh, you know, through time, over time, Carl did compliment. I mean, don't get me wrong. He loved all of us. Sure. Sincerely. But as Jerem said, it was this or that you know, and it is what it is, you know, and that's what he would always say, you know, it is what it is. And so um, absolutely, I credit everything, All, all that I am now is due to Carl and, you know, what he's given me. And he's been an open book to so many people. If you show up at his house and just want to sit and talk, he'll talk, you know, and he did that to anybody. I mean, people came from all over the world to thirty-eight fifteen, you know, Riverwood Drive. I mean, all, all over the world, volleyball people, people uh, to just listen to Carl and learn from Carl.
0: I know when you tell me I'm a terrible broadcaster that you really mean that, that, that that's you out of me, love me. <laughs> that you love <laughs> me, right, well, yeah. Sean?
3: I, d- hey, you know, <laughs> I don't know if we're on that level <laughs> yet. You know, we're working towards that. We can get there. We can get there. It's year three.
1: It's early. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, your, it's your junior okay. year, if you will. So yeah. right. uh, how, if, if someone shows up at your practice and watches, how much of that practice is tailored after, you know, things you
3: learned from Carl Miguel Probably everything. We had Rich Lamborn was in town, happened to be in town. Um, Olympian when, libero. Olympi- gold medalist. And the funniest story was uh, Luca's introducing it to the team, and uh, he's like, this is Rich Lamborn. He's a gold medalist, and Luca probably just didn't know how well the guys knew. You know, our guys are kind of young, you know. Yeah. and he's like, hey, Olympic gold medalist, not Norseca. And I think Rich was like, yeah, I've won that too, you know. <laughs> I, think, I think I've won Norseca if I've won. But uh, Rich was there and stayed for our practice for a while just after visiting with Carl. And that was on Tuesday, I think day two, no, day, first day of practice. And he just came down after and he's like, you know, it just similar to all his pride. That's what he said, you know. And so probably the vast majority, if not, all of the activities we we do are things that Luca and myself and even Jay, he played under Carl a little while Carl was helping, uh, you know, got from Carl over time.
0: Not many people want to uh, come into a situation like this and talk about their mentor Sean. So uh, thanks, man. We, we
3: appreciate no, you doing this. I appreciate it. He means the world to all of us, and uh, his impact is uh, profound. And, and, you know, he, he – uh, I was walking in, he probably would be – Giddy with excitement with the snow, you know, as soon as the this, this clouds clear, he could see a little better, and he gets up on the hill and be skiing down those slopes. Yeah.
1: And uh, the memorial service, uh, and if you know, Thursday, if you're interested, I believe on Facebook, yeah. yep. you can find out that information.
3: I also tweeted that out. Yep. All
0: right, good stuff. Sean, once again, thanks, man. Thank you guys
3: for everything, honestly. Happy New Year. You Same too. to
0: you. Happy New Year as well. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, we continue on with our conversations of two great coaches – Stay with us. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. If you ever miss an episode of BYU Sports Nation live, be sure and watch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. That will include today's interview with Sean Olmstead, who just uh, gave a beautiful tribute to Carl McGowan, what he meant and what he means to BYU Volleyball still and the game worldwide, told us that uh, people are coming in from Europe and all over the
1: place to honor uh, a legend in the game of volleyball. Having been connected closely the last uh, 11 years with the men's volleyball team, it's definitely an emotional time yeah. uh, for everyone connected there, especially those players, and uh, getting to know uh, Carl was a privilege, and uh, it was always fun talking to him. So, Hey, uh, BYUtv is on demand. You can catch it uh, on BYUtv.org, the app, YouTube. There are lots of ways to catch things. Uh, If you miss it from BYU Sports Nation or other programs on this very channel. Any interview you would like to see
0: available on all those options that Jerem just mentioned. Our Twitter question today, and of course we are always going on Twitter, at BYU Sports Nation. What is your biggest takeaway from the comeback win by BYU men's basketball at LMU? Use the hashtag BYUSN. At KWR411 said, biggest takeaway from LMU is this team has a lot of heart when they want to.
1: Now that was a great compliment. And then that second sentence,
0: <laughs> when they want to.
1: <laughs>
0: teams have ups up. and downs. Like, you're going to go through periods it's, of bad play and especially whatnot. Especially
1: when you're this young. Yes. And, and your listen, first road game. team's not going to the final four. Yeah, just calm down. Like The first four would be great right now. So just enjoy the journey. Acknowledge, know your audience, right? Like Acknowledge who's there. These aren't guys that are all going to the NBA. They're figuring it out. They're going to be good. We'll see how good.
0: Jerem Jordan is feeling particularly encouraged about what BYU basketball I, did.
1: I need some encouragement after the last couple of days.
0: Uh, yeah, Jeez. understandably. And, look, in the form of uh, a tender mercy of sorts, <laughs> tender mercy. You're, you're making it competitive again in going for two. <laughs> can you predict
1: the future? Yeah. These guys think they can. We're going for two. On BYU Sports Nation.
0: It's a game again, folks. I'll go with my two first because I went over two in the game against LMU. Number one, I said BYU will hold LMU under 70 points. Mm. LMU scored 76, but you know what? I don't care because BYU won the game and they scored 81.
1: You should care. It's competitive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Number two. But I'm not. I said BYU would combine for six blocks or more. And it was a block that sealed the game by Yoli Childs. But mm. BYU only had three blocks. The third coming at that critical time. So thanks, Yoli, for the third.
1: Where were the other three, man? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I said BYU won by 13+. plus. Nope. And. Yeah, BYU, mm. BYU won by five. But if they I... still won. But they won. Yeah. The one I got right, Nick Emery will score 20-plus. Oh, he hits that late three. Of course he does. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There we go. I was going to say, where's the swish? Uh, yeah, he scores 20, exactly. I knew Nick Emery would have a bigger game after uh, Santa Clara. He was just a defensive stopper in that game. He, did, he only shot the ball seven times. So the 13-plus was extremely aggressive, given the fact. I did that because St. Mary's won by 12 on Thursday at Le Mue. So I thought, okay, maybe BYU could go in there and do better.
0: Now, looking back on this, because L. M. it's... LM Few, as you said. LM Few. pretty good. It is the first road game that BYU had played. It's over the holiday. I was confident in my
1: dudes. Yeah, wow. Yeah, well, they, they won. won. If Luke Worthington had played on the team, maybe they would have won by 13-plus. <laughs> Luke's in Chile, by the way. On his shout mission. out, shout out to Luke. Shout out to Elder Worthington.
0: Hey, by the way, I'm now 21 and 25 overall. That includes basketball and football. Yeah. Jerem has worked his way back to 20 and 26. You're just it has one been a
1: slow uphill. You're climb. one back. Feels good because I was down five at one point, and uh, I was feeling kind of stressed about it.
0: You were, I think, as many as seven below 500. Now you're only five below, or six, six. No.
1: Six I, below five hundred. I am not worried at all about the below five hundred. You just want to win. It's only about <laughs> you.
0: All right. Well, then maybe I should start trying again, huh?
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> you're like you're like that tweet. Do a segue. Team has a heart when they want to. <laughs>
0: Oh, my gosh. You just read that like Brack from Space Coast, Coast to Coast. When they want to. <laughs> <laughs> and if you haven't seen Brack, Space Coast, Coast to Coast, B-R-A-K on YouTube, you're welcome. Everybody. <laughs> when is this
1: from? Like, 01? Yeah, something like Or even
0: earlier than that. I don't uh, know. Just look I, up
1: <laughs> I love beans. I love beans. Um, I never got in this train, but you've introduced <laughs> me. Yeah. <and it's> <laughs>
0: You, you need to do, You're welcome, BYU Sports Nation.
1: Brack, B R A K I know, love beans. You know what are two things that I'm glad are not on this show today? What?
0: <laughs> What's that? Uh oh. Can you make it through it? Attorney
1: <laughs> Train. Okay. <laughs> and that, you know what? Yeah. The other, and the other thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm really glad they're not on this. By the way, where is everybody at work today? I know. <laughs> Everyone's gone. I know, I what know. is it, a holiday or something? <laughs> we took one stinking day off as a show. That was it, baby. We bring it to you every day, man. We love I, it. I love. Hey, having in us on a serious note, and this has been kind of a serious show. Having been gone for a couple days, and second, just watching the show, everyone does a great job here. I know it's Th- incredible. Thank you to everyone involved with the show. It is. It was. It was a cathartic experience to be able to learn about Lavelle's passing and hear all those stories. That was awesome. Yeah. So and I know Michael Miner, our senior coordinating producer, Ben Bagley, our uh, producer, everyone involved. Thank you, thank you. It was awesome as just a fan sitting there watching. I hate to make it super serious, but no. Well but, said. My but friend. I don't. But I don't hate to make. Well it super said. Serious. Up next
0: on BYU Sports Nation, we will recap the show as we always do with the Cougar Whip around, including Jay Swag Daddy, a man who gave a nice shout out to Lavelle Edwards as well. He's moving his way up some NFL draft projections, but how high? BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Jerem, let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Around. <laughs>
1: Athletics. Plans for a public memorial for Lavelle Edwards have been announced. The service is scheduled for Friday at the Utah Valley Convention Center at 8 Eastern 6 Mountain. A private funeral will be held the following day. Men's basketball.
0: Overcame an 18-point deficit to win at LMU in the Cougars' West Coast Conference road opener and first true road game, 81-76. Nick Emery and T.J. Haas both hit huge three-pointers late in the game and both ended scoring 20 points apiece.
2: Cougars in the NFL.
1: In the final week of the regular season, Daniel Sorensen had six tackles for the Chiefs and won the division. Dennis Pitta had 11 catches for 91 yards for the Ravens. Still not a BYU Sports Nation host. The Lions' Ziggy Ansah had three tackles for the Lions, and Van Inouye had two tackles for the Evil Empire.
0: Football. Matt Miller of Bleacher Report has Jamal Williams going to the Green Bay Packers in the second round. Wow. Second. 59th pick. Again, it's just one guy, but... A trend is
1: developing here, and he's, he's climbing yeah. boards. He's climbing. And former BYU quarterback Steve Sarkisian, this happened during the show, He will take over the offensive coordinator duties, play calling duties, for Alabama immediately. Lane Kiffin's out, and will call plays in next week's national championship game. Why is everything that surrounds Lane wow. Kiffin just weird? Women's
0: basketball. The ladies beat LMU 76-59, 1-1 in WCC play. Cassie Broadhead had 20 points. Kalani Purcell, I thought she was going to get the triple-double, Jerem. She had 13 points and 11 assists, but just six rebounds.
1: Oh, come on! That's a great (laughs) (laughs) score. James Tafferette scored 35 points in a loss yesterday. Anything under 40 is underwhelming. Bradette also had five rebounds and three assists. The loss is only the third of the season for Kinga. He's still so awesome. Cougars
2: <laughs> in the association.
0: Kyle Collinsworth, speaking of triple-double watch, had a career-high 14 points, nine rebounds, five assists, and four steals in a Texas Legends loss to the Reno Bighorns. But still, he was awesome. He made two three-pointers he made, as well.
1: He made two threes. How about that? Coming up tomorrow, Mike Empey, uh, BYU offensive line coach who played for Lavelle Edwards. He'll join us.
0: He has some great stories, and uh, you're not going to want to miss that. More emotional stuff, for sure, but the celebration continues uh, for the great BYU football coach. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need the most. DexterLaw.com, and we're giving it to the great legendary icon, volleyball
1: coach. Yes, as sad as the last few days have been, it's been great to celebrate Lavelle Edwards and now Carl McGowan, two icons in BYU sports history. And that celebration will never end. It will never end. We will always remember these guys.
0: And we should. And that, I thought that was, uh, that was really well put on your part. And the things that Sean said is like, it's while it's over now, gone but never forgotten, right? The influence never ends.
1: Yeah. And it's, uh, this season will be a memorial to Carmel It'll be Wayman's Volleyball. I can promise you that.
0: Huge thanks to Sean Olmsted for coming in and doing that uh, in a tough spot to reminisce and celebrate um, during a sad time. But again,
1: celebrate, we will going to be a great year of 2017 man i can't wait i can't wait
0: thanks to trevor madditch as well conversation continues 24 7 on twitter for jerem glad to have him back i am spencer shout out to hector lebron we'll see you tomorrow